Turning to Ezekiel chapter 16, uh, the 16th chapter of the, the prophecy of Ezekiel, and just keep the word of God open if you have it there beside you. Now this broadcast and the next two that will soon be going out from the lifeboat here, I have entitled them A Nation Under Wrath. A Nation Under Wrath. And we'll be looking at three of the most major sins that I believe that has brought the fierceness of the anger of God upon these islands. Now I know that other nations in the world are uh, reading this morning, but they're not uh, my concern. Uh, let us bow in a word of prayer, please, and ask the Lord's help for what we're going to say. O Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we pray for our land at this hour of crisis. O sovereign, eternal, omnipotent, omniscient God, we beg of thee and in the wrath that thou wilt remember mercy. Turn, we pray thee, from thy fierce anger and pray, our God, that you will pour out the spirit of repentance upon thy people and upon the church. Father, we pray for those this morning everywhere that are struggling uh, for breath and dying at this moment because of this virus. We pray for loved ones who stand afar off and watch them. We pray, Lord, our God, for the doctors and the nurses. We pray for the helpers and all that have anything to do with aiding in help towards the recovery of these people. We pray, Father, for the politicians, for the scientists, for the medical experts. And we ask, O oh God, that Thou wilt come and minister to all of us in these days. And Lord, we will remember the Arnold family this morning. As we lift them to Thee, our God, what can one say? Only, Lord, we pray that your loving arms will be around them, and that thou will bless Hartfield and Phyllis at this hour. For we ask it all in our Saviour's name and for his sake. Amen and amen. The wisest man, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, who walked upon this scene of time, was Solomon, the son of King David. And he said in Proverbs 14 and verse 34, Righteousness exalteth, uplifteth, glorifies the nation, but sin is a reproach and a reproof to its people. Now if ever the nations of the world were being reproached, rebuked and reproved, is happening as I speak. To you, I don't have to tell you that. COVID-19, which is a particle that small that can only be seen under a powerful microscope, is holding all the great nations of the world to ransom. 
the G8, the G7, the United Nations, are all united in the fact that they're hopeless in the face of this foe. And as the days go by, even the most ungodly, atheistic, communistic, humanistic countries and nations are surrendering to the fact that man with all his technology, all his sciences and medicines and vaccines can't handle this. All our smart cards, all our smartphones, all our smart bombs, there's nothing smart about us. I tell you, in these days, we're dumb in the face of an invisible onslaught. Three times in the scripture we read that God has a controversy or a controversy with the nations. Disputing, striving, contesting with the nations of the world. And this morning we are locked in battle with infinity, deity and sovereignty. Now imagine for a moment that this COVID-19 was the name of a man who concocted and spawned this virus and was releasing it into the atmosphere every day from some hidden place. Do you not think that all the great superpowers of the world and all their sophisticated intelligence service wouldn't be hunting for this man? Of course they would. The FBI, the KGB, the M5, the Mossad, they'd all be joining together, scouring the earth, looking for him, with all their drones and all their lasers and all their surveillance. They'd be searching to capture this man. His photo would be in the front of every, every newspaper and news bulletin. Saddam Hussein and Bin Laden and Philip Putin, even Hitler, only Mickey Mouse compared to this. The, the headlines would be something like mass murder at large, the greatest serial killer that ever lived, the greatest genocider that ever lived, to struck again. 20,000 in Italy, 10,000 in Germany, 7,000 in Britain. He struck again overnight, another 700, and the death toll rises early. The whole world runs in fear. There's an awesome fear upon people in these days, unprecedented to say the least indeed. There's a great fear upon men and women today. Children can't go out to school, they can't go out to play. Parents can't work, they can't walk, they can't worship. All they can do is to wag and to wave and to wash and to wonder, wonder and to weep what on earth is going on in our world today. Is this real? A woman said to me the other day, is it real that our Prime Minister is intensive care? Yes, my friend, it, it is real. It is real. The Italians look to the Pope and he's hiding in a room in the Vatican and he not even come to the window. Germany's looking to their Chancellor, Merkel, Merkel and she appeared uh, in Bellevue the other day with a mask. France is looking to Macron and he's digging out something at his, through some of his doors. 
Queen of England was away in Balmoral at the castle, having to come out to the door and for probably the first time in her life take her own food. Our Prime Minister is in hospital. What on earth is going on? Everybody's asking that question. How has this come about us so powerfully and so quickly? Well, I'm not here this morning to talk about other nations, but I'm here, I believe, as a servant of God and as a watchman for God to blow the trumpet on this nation which we live in. God has a controversy with Britain and he is displaying and he is striving uh, against us at this moment, contending and reproaching and rebuking us for our sins. He is speaking to a people who are the most blessed, who were the most blessed, apart from his own people Israel on the face of the earth. This once Bible-loving, missionary-hearted, God-fearing nation who was once exalted second to one, is now wandering in the abyss and on a collision course with deity. We have crashed. There's no doubt about that, my friend. We have crashed. According to the scriptures, there are many sins that brought retribution and judgment upon the nations down to until this very day. And there's three in particular. And I want to suggest to you this morning and on the next two messages I send out that Britain has gone overboard with all three. You remember we preached on Jeremiah's part uh, on previous broadcasts that it that boiled over and tilted towards the north. It simmered and it rattled. And David Pawson has a lovely thought on that, saying that it simmered and rattled many, many, many times. And then people prayed and, and God moved in and, and it turned down. It didn't get up to boiling point. But my friend, it has got up to boiling point now with our sins and it has boiled over. And where is it going to stop? I don't know. Only God knows. Only God knows. Now let me give you briefly the three sins that I believe that has brought us to where we are this morning. And then I'm going to select one out and I'm going to speak to you about it. We'll deal with the other two and for the message. Well, there are many scriptures that we could turn to to back up the statements from the Word of God. I've chosen Ezekiel 16. Because all three are neatly and powerfully described by the prophet in this chapter. Now you may not have the scriptures now, but I ask you to get the word of God afterwards and go through these verses and see if what I am saying is right. So let's look at the, the, the mention these three one after the other and then we'll deal with the first one. In verses 20 to 24, if you read those verses which we will be dealing with in a moment, we have abortion. Of abortion. Now we're going to deal with that this morning. And then when we go to verse 32, you have adultery. You can see it there in the middle of the verse. Adultery. 
And then when we go down to verse 48 to 50, we have Sodom and Gomorrah. We have in verse 50, the abomination, Sodomites. So there you have abortion, you have adultery, you have abomination, all tucked into this chapter 16 of Ezekiel. Now, whenever we accuse somebody, let them be an individual or a people or a nation, we almost need evidence to back it up. And uh, there's much evidence in the scripture of what I'm saying to you this morning and in these other days. And without going to a half a dozen other references, we have enough to make our case here this morning. And if you want further uh, information on that, I just preached at the beginning of the year here uh, on, on, on the subject. But because of the situation, we need to return to them, revisit them, and highlight them in this hour in which we live as one of the cause, as some of the causes that has brought us into the state and that we're in. Now, in verse 20 here of this chapter, we know that the, the word of God, from the mouth of God, came to the prophet Ezekiel. And if you look at the top of your Bible, you see the hurdles of Jerusalem. And when we come down to verse 20, he's speaking here, let, let us read it together. Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne unto me, and these hast thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. Is this of thy hurdums a small matter? That thou hast slain, and watch this, my children, and delivered them to cause them to pass through the fire for them. My friend, you just let yourself think. You just let yourself think about these words. He's speaking here about a woman who has borne children out of wedlock. He's speaking here about hurdums and fornications and ten times you'll get that word hurdums mentioned in this chapter. Now I want you to notice this. Whether we're born out of wedlock or fornication or not, God calls them my, in verse 21, my children. My children. And he says, <clears throat> you have borne them for me. They may be your sons and daughters in life, but they're mine for eternity. You see, one of the great cries of a modern woman is, my body is my own. I, I do what I like with it. I pierce it, I tattoo it, I change it into a man. No one can dictate to me. But let, that, let it be your own or not. The child in your womb is not your own. You're only bearing it for God. My children, made in my image, predestinated before the foundations of the world, every one of them with a plan and a purpose from the eternal God for every one of them. <clears throat> the mother has no right to touch that child 
No right to invade the privacy of the womb, any other person either, to touch this child in that sacred place that belongs and created by God. And <clears throat> if you do it with anybody else, you're breaking the law. If you smack it, you're breaking the law. If you don't put a seatbelt on it in the car, you're breaking the law. If you leave a child under 12 at home, you're breaking the law. If you abandon it, forsake it, or starve it, you're breaking the law. You go to jail, kill it legally. Now what I'm going to say is very heavy on my heart. We can kill the children legally. Nine million since 1967 in Britain. If Mr. Furley, the MP for North Down, gets his way or got his way and his liberal cohorts that murder them up to birth, the most draconian laws and permissive abortion regime in the Western world is in Northern Ireland, the seedbed of the gospel, this land of of, of sending out more missionaries than any place else for its size. This land of revival and blessing. And, and, and the slip some of it in during the Brexit crisis. And the tide again. And there not so long, a few days ago, under the coronavirus thing. What a shame. When the, when the problems is reeling in death. My friend, it just shows you how society is going. It just shows you what's in the mind of men and women. It just shows you what we're up against. It just shows you, my friend, why God is angry. God is angry. If anybody knows anything about the love and the grace and the mercy of God towards children, you will know, my friend, that he loves them. And the scripture right through the word of God talks about Imagine one moment of the, for one moment of a nation that has slain nine million from 1967, almost a quarter of a million in 2018 legally. Does Mr. Steele and Mr. Wilson and Mr. Thorpe and Mr. Smith, who brought in this act under a Labour government in 1967, do you do you, do you say to me for a moment that 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 they're going to get away with it? No, sir. He that sheds blood, his blood shall be shed. The sixth commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. Jesus says, Touch one of these little ones, and it would be better than the millstone was cast round your neck and you cast into the midst of the sea. Look at verse 20. Thou hast sacrificed them to be devoured, or to be devoured in the fire that can read. The fire burning the bones and the flesh of the little ones that are, that are torn up in their mother's womb and sucked out with a vacuum, still living. My dear friend, and still with life, and still feeling, and still pain, do you think that we will get away with it? Do you think the nation will get away with it? We're not getting away with it. In verse 23 it says, Whoa, whoa. I'm stand to be corrected but I believe that's the only place in the scriptures where you get a double woe you correct me if I'm wrong there's a double woe 
And I say with the authority of God, with a heavy heart, this morning every woman, every man, every abortioner, every abortionist, every clinic, every MP, every leader who allows this and remains silent against it, the slaying of the innocent, they're under the curse of a double woe from God and we're in the throes of it right now. Oh, many people would say that man's talking foolish. That man's talking mad, that man, this man's talking about what the Word of God says. And we can't get away from the Word of God. And we can't just put all this under the carpet and have we nice words for, to comfort us and strengthen us and five minute prayers and all that. We can't have all that and we need all that. But my dear friend, we've got to get to the root of the matter. We've got to face these things. We've got to get into the heart of God with these things. Verse 20 says, these thou hast sacrificed, sacrificed, and we know from other scriptures that was the God that God was Moloch. Do you know anything about Moloch where they sacrificed their children? Well, let me tell you something. An idol made out of brass, an altar, with hands and arms and, and the wee babies and children were placed in the red hot hands. Of these, of this sacrifice, sacrificing to this God. And whenever they put the wee babies down onto the arms of this heated, raging, burning fire of a, of an idol, a, a band struck up, and drums and tablets struck up. It was a tofa, tofa, that's the very mean, name tofa means drums, it means, it means tablets. And they placed the wee baby right into the arms and to stop and to, to quell the, 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 the screaming from their ears that they, they played the music. Five other times you read this in the Word of God. Now sacrifice means to cut up and distribute. That's what the sacrifices were. China, where this started. A word has leaked out recently from a couple saying that one parent can't go out onto the street alone with their child for they can't watch the child. It takes the two of them to go out at all. For those employed by the government to kidnap the children and kill and sell their body parts for cosmetics and soap and transplants in other parts of the world is a multi-million industry. You see, they're not sacrificing now to Moloch. The woman that has the abortion and the girl that has the abortion and killing of the child, they're not sacrificing it to Moloch, but they're sacrificing it for money. Modern mothers want freedom, they want their selfishness, their ambition, their careers, their hobbies, their sports, whatever else it is, they're, they're, they're sacrificing their children on that altar. My word tonight, or this morning, is to the parliament that passed this and the stormant that backs it and the mothers who do it and the doctors who procure it. There's one word, my friend, and it's repent. Repent. We need to turn from our sins. We need to get out before God. We, we need to ask God to forgive us for what we have done. And my friend, until maybe he keep the pressure on until he gets repentance in high places, 
Maybe he'll keep it on until we realise that we can't do what we're doing. My friend, everybody's a mad, and surely right they should be uh, 700 last night in Britain. What about the thousands? What about the millions that have killed legally? Are we not paying for it? Is retribution not upon us? Is God's heart not grieved over the slaying of the innocents? All that we're doing is what the scripture tells us to do, giving a voice to the dumb. Speaking for the dumb, speaking for the wee child, and as I speak, hundreds of them will be aborted, will be aborted in life and in pain. Does that not concern us? God says here, is this a small thing? Do you think this is a small thing? Is it? Do you think I take this lightly? Now my friend, we go so far, and the plot boils over, and I don't know how we're going to get back. And we need to repent and weep and sackcloth and ashes. And we need to pray that the sword of God's fierce anger will be turned again from our nation. May we come before him like Moses uh, the children of Israel. Oh Lord, we have sinned a great sin. A great sin, forgive us. And if not, blot our names out of this book. When we come before God as Nehemiah bolded and prayed and fasted and mourned, we beseech thee, O Lord God from heaven, thy great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy in the sight of man, forgive us, help us, come amongst us again, O God, we pray. Oh, my dear friend, we need to realize that God is angry and that God is bringing retribution upon us and I believe that this sin this awful sin of of abortion of murder it's murder uh, we call it our fetus uh, we call it abortion but it's the murder of a child in stark language that's what it is and it's been done legally by our own government an attitude, an attitude of law and legislation after legislation and I believe that God has popped and spilled over as far as this sin is concerned. I believe that it's one of the three sins that has brought the judgment and wrath of God upon our nation and we'll be looking at the other two, God willing, very soon. Thank you for listening and the Lord bless you and we are going to just close in prayer. Father, we thank you again your word and Lord we know that in the face of what's going on we are helpless we we can do nothing Lord but oh God we turn to your precious uh, infallible indestructible word Lord you haven't changed down to the centuries you're the Lord God that changes not and sin is sin Lord Father and wickedness is wickedness and Lord whether it was in the first century or whether it's now or whether it was Thousands of years ago, oh God, we realize our God is a just God and he's a holy God. And our Father, we just pray that thou, oh, our Father, will come and that thou will minister, Lord, unto men and women, that thou will turn, Lord, women and men to repentance. We thank you, oh God, of these uh, laws that have been passed, Lord. Father, we just ask that you will come and 
And Lord, that you will move into our land and, and through what's going on, Lord, that you'll revive us again and the Spirit of the Lord will move across our land. We're longing for a new day, Lord. We're longing for thee to come. We believe that behind us all that you're moving towards you, reviving us again and breathing again upon us, Lord. Help us to hold on in these days. We ask it all in the Saviour's lovely, precious, wonderful and adorable name and for his sake. Amen and amen.